0: This is Mark with the Mark for a Glory podcast. Our mission is to educate, empower, and inspire those with differing abilities while helping them to build healthier relationships with their friends and families. Our hope is that through this podcast, you'll get to hear from some of the people who are helping to make the world a better place. Over 20 years ago, Catherine Klamidis was diagnosed with osteogenesis imperfecta or brittle bone disease. Despite all the challenges she faced, she became a successful businesswoman and authored two books. Stay tuned as we find out more about Catherine after this quick intro. Well, Catherine, it's nice to finally speak to you. You do some inspiring, uh, work uh, doing the uh, paintings and graphic design that you do. Um, and I'm wondering if, uh, well, let's start out um, with you telling us a bit about your early life and how it was growing up and what that was like. Tell us a bit about osteo- uh, imperfect, osteogenesis sure. imperfect.
1: Sure. So um, I have a genetic bone disease called osteogenesis imperfecta. Um, I was born with it. It basically means that my bones break easily and they grow abnormally. Um, So I'm actually only two foot seven and I use an electric wheelchair for mobility. Um, I have an aide with me most of the time. Uh, So, you know, I I need help doing basic activities like getting food and going to the bathroom and bathing and that kind of thing. I uh, get asked a lot how many bones I've broken and my favorite answer to give is that we stopped counting around 500 when I was 10 and I'm now 33 so that gives you a little bit of an idea Uh, basically the short answer is a lot (laughs) Um, and yeah I, um, I grew up outside of New Orleans well I grew up in New Orleans. Uh, We now live outside of New Orleans, but um, I grew up in New Orleans and I was the only wheelchair user in my school until my senior year of high school. And yeah, so I, you know, was included as much as possible, you know, in the activities that my friends did, but obviously there were times where that just wasn't an option. And, um, and so I was uh smart I was a smart kid and I was bored and so my parents were always trying to find activities that I could do and it turns out that um my mother gave me my first watercolor set when I was 5 and I loved it I took to it right away um I used up the whole set within a couple of days and all the computer paper in the house and I um you know, I I found that I really loved art. And my parents realized that not only did I love it, but I was actually pretty good at it, even as a five-year-old. And so they got me into, of course, art in school, but then also as many private art classes and summer camps, you know, as possible. And so when I was by the time I was only, you know, a young teenager, I had already gotten to dabble in a lot of media. You know, I had already done acrylic and oil and printmaking and even some glass blowing and some sculpture. Um, and so, you know, I was a little bit ahead by the time I went to college and majored in graphic design. Um, anyway, yeah, so art has always been my thing. Um, my parents were veterinarians. My mom is still practicing today. And so I grew up with animals around all the time. Um, And you'll see if you visit my website that my favorite subject matter to paint is animals. And that is basically what I specialize in today. I do a lot of pet portraits. Um, When I was 10, I actually sold my first painting. Um, I used to go to the office with my parents on the weekends and I would paint the the client's dogs and cats while they were waiting to see my parents and they started giving me money to do that and so as a young teenager I started making money as an artist and you know that definitely identified my, my want to continue art and to make it into my career because you know what young teenager doesn't want to be right Um, So yeah, so that's kind of my story. I majored in graphic in college. I graduated from Loyola University, New Orleans in 2011, and I opened my own art and design business that I run out of my home um, right after that, so in 2011. And um, yeah, I work in that today.
0: Okay, um, that's that's an story. There's lot lot to cover there. Um, um you're, you say you were drawn to painting animals and and nature. Um yes. how did that how did that uh affect the way you you regarded your disability or did it oh. Or other yeah. people regarding your disability?
1: Um, well, I mean, this still happens. You know, I think when people
2: look at someone like me, they make not all people, but a lot of people make a lot of that, I don't. Um, <laughs> um, and they assume that I'm not really, it impresses them um, because, you know, my art, it's,
1: it's good. Like, it's not, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the most talented artist in the world because I'm certainly not. Um, but it's good. Like, it's, you know, even I can say, like, it's, it's good art and I'm pretty hard on myself. Um But when people realize that I did it and I had, I have um, physical challenges and I still created something that is nice to look at. um, You know, I think it impresses them even more. And I think part of what makes my me successful is that I share my art, but I also share my story with my art, and and that's, I think that's what makes it more special to people, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it makes. Sorry, there's i going around. It makes uh makes total sense. Um, and uh, one sort of related question: How did growing up with Uh, osteogenesis imperfecta shape who you are as a child, shape who you are as an adult?
1: Oh, I mean, it it affects every aspect of my life. Um, You know, I would definitely not be the person I am without having osteogenesis imperfecta. I mean, I just, I wouldn't be. Um, I think that growing up managing physical pain certainly certainly changes you um it certainly um makes you stronger in some ways uh and and maybe not in others but but in some ways i think that you know i have always had to rely on everyone around me for everything um so you know i can't like for example um you know, I, I can be by myself for a little while, but I can't be by myself for a long. Yeah, growing up with a physical disability is definitely a challenge. Um, but I think that everyone has challenges, and this is just the one you know that I have. And um, I I have had to learn because I rely on everyone for everything. Literally. Uh, I rely on the people around me to do things like go to the bathroom or to get food. Um, and so I've had to learn how to live, um, by, by working around other people's lives. That's makes sense. Um, and so, you know, that, that definitely has affected my life. Um, And it has taught me how, I mean, it's, it's taught me patience, which I don't have very many of, so um, I don't know how well it's taught me patience, but I try to be patient. Um, You know, it's taught me, um, honestly, it's just taught me time management, um, how, how to, how to manage my time, how to manage other people's time. And, you know, it just, it affects all aspects. I I would not be the person I am today without
2: this physical disability. That just, it just would not happen.
0: When it comes to, um, well, yeah, I've certainly learned that, that disability teaches you a lot of things and causes you to maybe change perspective on, Way you look at life,
2: right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, as far as the actual um, condition goes, how do you manage pain? And uh, I mean, this sorry, this fly corner. it may <laughs> seem like an odd question, but um, does it hurt to break a bone? I'm, huh. I mean, do you ever do you ever get do you ever get the desensitized to that? No,
1: no you don't get desensitized. Um, it does hurt to break a bone. I mean, unfortunately, all of my nerve endings are working quite well. Um, so yeah, I, I feel it every time. Um, and I feel it just, I, I assume, just like you would. Um, however, I have done it for so long and so many times that my tolerance is much higher than most people's, um, and and I found other ways to deal with it. You know, I uh, my mother is a homeopathic veterinarian, so she does a lot of holistic medicine, and so i found other natural uh, remedies and ways to deal with pain. I've um, I don't try, I try not to take a lot of, you know, heavy drugs or narcotics, mainly because I just don't like the way they make me feel. Um, and that's, you know, that's just me. That's not everybody, of course, but that's just me. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely hurt, hurt bone, but when you, when you know something for so long, it's, it's normal. You know, so like breaking bones and dealing with physical pain, that's my normal that's just that's just my life. I don't know any different. And so it's
2: kind of miserable, sometimes, but I, I mean it is what it is. Um, yeah, you kind of have to roll with the punches as it were.
1: Definitely.
0: But um, Two part question here. Uh, well, first part is sort of a comment. I imagine that uh, given how long you've had to go through this, that um, you've had to see quite a lot of medical professionals. Uh, first part is, has that tapered off at all? Or is it fairly, cons- say, you see the same amount of doctors as you did when you were a kid? And uh, what has your experience been with medical professionals overall?
1: Yeah, so I, I actually don't see a lot of doctors. Um, I The condition I have is pretty rare. Um, and the type of brittle bone disease I have is pretty rare. And so there are not a lot of doctors that know how to deal with it. Um, there was one here in new orleans that's specialized in it unfortunately he has retired um, he's in his 80s and he retired last year or maybe the year before um, i pretty much only see doctors when i have a problem that is surgical um, so i have some metal rods in my legs and in one of my arms and so if i have a problem with one of those i go and see a doctor and make sure everything's okay with that um, I'm lucky though because you know I grew up with parents who were veterinarians and so they had some medical background you know so like when I would break something they they kind of knew how to put a splint on me you know and they they knew how to wrap whatever was broken in a way that it would heal um, and, and in a way that was the most comfortable for me and unfortunately most doctors don't know how to do that with someone like me because in medical school they're taught about oi you know they're taught about osteogenesis and rebecca but it's like a paragraph in a book you know they're not they don't get to learn all about it and most people certainly don't live with it um and so they just don't know I mean, they just, they just don't know. Um, So I actually only saw, I mean, I saw an orthopedist when I was really young, relatively regularly. And I'm also lucky because my grandfather is an MD. So, you know, as far as like a general doctor, um, we have one in the family. So that, that helps a lot as well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of doctors. Um, One question I do get is... (laughs) Uh, how do you know your bone is broken if you don't get an X ray? And when you break enough bones, you just know. <laughs> when you when you've done it enough times, you just know how when your bones. Are broken. So um, yeah, I don't generally get X rays uh, for broken bones just because I usually know what's going
2: on without them.
0: And I also imagine that um, over the years that uh, the medical community is kind of of, uh, sort of, they've gotten more experience as far as probably when they were kids, they didn't really know what to do. I mean, they probably still don't know what to do, but at least they have some sort of clue. Maybe
1: um, a little bit, uh, you know, I was in a situation not long ago where I had to interact with um, some emergency type doctors and they still had no idea. I mean, they just they still had no idea. And, and you know, it's not really their fault. You know, they, there's only so much you can learn in medical school, you know, and unfortunately, this disease is not one of the common ones. So they just they just don't learn it unless they specialize in, um, in bones. And, you know, it's okay. It's just that, um,
2: it's just that they, they just don't know in general.
0: Well, um, the, the frank truth at the end of the day is that no matter how many books they read, they could never possibly know who Catherine is, right?
1: <laughs> that is true. That is true.
0: Um, So speaking of books, what I understand you have one or two out there. I wanted to tell us a bit about that and tell us a bit about how people can get some of your books or look into some of your work and contact you if, that's possible.
1: Sure. Um, So I have two books. One is called Looking Up. And I wrote and designed that in college. Um, It actually started out as my senior thesis, and eventually was published by a local publisher. Uh, It's a coffee table book. It's like 90 something pages, uh, but it's got a lot of photography in it. And it is all about me and my story and a lot of what we talked about here today. Um, it's, it's about um, the scientific uh, background of my disease, but also about how I live with it, um, how I deal with strangers in public because they can be a little difficult sometimes um, and just how uh, my, my outlook on life. So that's the first one. And then the second one, I published in 2019, Um, it's a collaboration I did with my neighbor actually, who is a writer and I painted um, 64 different dog breeds. So I illustrated the book uh, and she wrote little paragraphs about each breed that talks about the breed and um, kind of what to expect when you get, if you were to get that type of dog. Um, She actually interviewed people who owned each breed. So the the book is a very personal experience. It's not, um, I mean, it's fact-based but it's not just a list of facts. Um, It's told from the dog's perspective. So it's a cute little book. Um, Also kind of a coffee table book, but it's great for kids. Um, it's great for dog lovers. It's a great gift. And both of those are available on my website. And actually, they're both available on Amazon too. But um, my website is my initials, K-A-K, art, Nola, N-O-L-A, dot com. So it's kakartnola.com. And um, you can get to my Etsy store from there. My art is all in there as well. And then also you can follow
2: me on Facebook and Instagram. And all of that's on my website.
0: Um, and lastly, are there any projects that you're working on that you want to tell people about?
1: Sure. Um, I, so right now I have a couple of pet portraits going. Like I said, I, I do a lot of pet portraits. So that's kind of a constant project throughout the year. Um, I started a new animal series at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure where it's going to go yet. So I don't want to say too much about it. Um, I started, I also started a series of fish, which I took a break from, which I need to go back to. So um, I, I don't, I don't have any like
2: solid, Projects at the moment, um, but I am going to be work in Audubon Zoo, which is really exciting. Audubon Zoo is
1: one of the most prestigious zoos in the country, um, and it's located in New Orleans. And they just accepted some of my artwork into their gift shop, so I am very excited about that. Um, that's going to be really exciting. That's going to be really fun um otherwise yeah i mean i'm taking commissioned work um i'm probably gonna have some shows at the end of the year i'm just trying to
2: kind of solidify those plans now um but yeah if or in painting, welcome to con and yeah i'd be happy to do that
0: Catherine, it was uh, certainly great to speak with you. And thanks for joining me today. And I hope uh, people check out your book and what you have uh, going on. And uh, it was great. Have a good day.
1: Yes, you too. Thank you.
0: Who would you like to hear from on the podcast? Leave a comment below and let us know.